we also found that uh, marketers who proactively plan are more than 300% more likely to report success than their peers who don't plan. Um, so just think about that for a second, just proactively planning, you can triple your results by just doing a little bit of that work. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com AWT and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Nathan Ellering. Nathan is the head of marketing at CoSchedule, a company uh, which I think you know if you are in SaaS uh, for, for a while. Uh, with the help of an awesome team, he has helped CoSchedule attract more than 40 million marketers, convert 1 million email subscribers, and support 300,000 software users. Nathan has 15 years of corporate and SaaS marketing experience and continues to venture off the beaten path. When he's not marketing, you'll catch Nathan canoeing in the boundary waters or training for his next ultra marathon. Nathan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So, as we do with every guest here at the SaaS SEO, so I would love to, uh, and I guess our audience would love to know um, a few things about your background um, and what has you know led you to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So um, before I was at CoSchedule, I was working in corporate marketing at uh, an, an electrical supply distributor, uh, one of the largest in the United States, and uh, at that time, you know, I was just very interested in marketing. So I decided to start up. Uh, my own personal blog. I just wrote stuff about marketing, um, how I would handle XYZ situation in marketing. And I had one reader ever, and his name was Garrett Moon. Uh, and he's our founder here at CoSchedule. And he basically gave me the chance to turn that hobby of mine into a day job by writing about marketing um, with, with CoSchedule, basically uh, connecting with other marketers, uh, bringing them in through content marketing. So many great things start with content. I mean, I would say that not that I have achieved anything noteworthy, but whatever I have achieved so far, it's through content. And I'm glad to see that um, essentially you, uh, let's say, got your way into the, the SaaS industry uh, through content as well. I mean, you, you run your own blog and 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. I haven't thought about that before, but yeah, content got me into this. So <laughs> okay, okay. So content got you into uh, this, and so today you are leading the marketing efforts at CoSchedule, which is for people who you know may have never heard of the tool. Um, can you please? share a couple of things about it, uh, who is a typical user and who gets the most value? Yeah, definitely. So CoSchedule is yep software as a service. Um, we have content calendar products, content optimization products, and a little bit, we dabble in marketing education products as well. Um, so uh, just a few different products there, like marketing calendar is one of those products. It's a content calendar uh, for small, medium-sized businesses. It's good fit for small marketing teams. Uh, we have marketing suite, which is the, the big sister of uh, marketing calendar. It's for small, medium-sized enterprises, uh, for uh, marketing managers, directors in those enterprises, uh, basically looking to complete more work, deliver projects on time, prove their value uh, to stakeholders are kind of our mantras around that. Um, the suite is uh, broken up into a few different product categories so that uh, people can understand truly what problems we solve for them. So um, the suite is content calendaring, uh, work management, content marketing management, and asset management. Um, we also have Headline Studio, which is our newest uh, software product, which is really fun. Um, we're pretty well known for our headline analyzer, and we basically took that concept and tried to make it even better than what it ever was before. And uh, the brainchild of that was Headline Studio. Um, and that's that's uh, that's the latest one. Uh, we have Actionable Marketing Institute, which is our academy of sorts, uh, where we just uh, create courses and basically content marketing, um, but really delivering that out there for uh, the things that we know have worked for us, um, just a little bit higher level than the things that we would publish on our on our blog. I I've been following CoSchedule for a few years now. I would say that it was one of the first companies and blogs, actually blogs that. I um, was reading when I first got into marketing, and I know that um, the the company's marketing strategy, uh, if I'm allowed to say that, uh, is heavily driven by uh, content. Uh, would Would you say that's that's correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when you know when I joined CoSchedule, I was the only marketer, and the primary thing that we were doing at the time was uh, let's just uh, get our blog started with content marketing, and then obviously with content marketing and SEO, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so that was a huge part of our approach, um, and we kind of built up the teams after that. But yeah, very much content led. Okay. Yeah. Um now, CoSchedule is a tool that helps marketing teams of all sizes, as I understand it, manage their operations better, let's say. Based on your eight-year, approximately eight-year uh, experience with CoSchedule, um, where do you see most marketing, marketing campaigns fail and what can marketing teams do uh, to fix that? Yeah, definitely. I always think about... Um... There's this quote from Ben Franklin, uh, and it's something I'm going to probably butcher it. But if you if you plan to fail or if you fail to plan, sorry, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That's what he said. Um, and that's that's some of the main things that I see. Um, we we do a lot of original research, too, at CoSchedule. So part of our content marketing approach is publishing original research, which is uh, really fun. And one of the things that we publish is a, a marketing strategy report. Uh, so basically different sorts of marketing statistics. And we found that um, this year that only 17 percent 
of marketers, at least the ones who took that survey, um, proactively plan their work, which is insane to me, um, especially as, you know, with the tools that we offer um, in the industry that we're in. Obviously, we're really big planners. We eat our own dog food. But um, that same survey, uh, all, we also found that uh, marketers who proactively plan are more than 300% more likely to report success than their peers who don't plan. Um, so just think about that for a second, just proactively planning, you can triple your results by just doing a little bit of that work. Um, so I think that that's some of the main um, problems that we see, you know, planning helps prioritize the sort of work that you should do but by prioritizing work you can make sure it aligns with strategic business objectives that basically means marketing can prove their value with alignment to you know the company initiatives at the time um obviously helps with efficiency output productivity and all of that uh, comes back to employee morale uh, just reducing frustration uh, making for a happy team that gets to do the work that they love instead of trying to just coordinate or orchestrate it that's really fascinating. Um, I mean, the, these, these statistics and we will drop the, uh, the link to the report. I don't know. Have you published it already? Yep. It's published. Um, yep. Just under coschedule.com slash marketing statistics, but we, okay. yeah, we should get that in there. <laughs> yeah. We will definitely drop it in the show notes. And it, it's, it's really fascinating to, to hear that, uh, most marketers that fail and most marketing teams, uh, in extension that, that fail. Uh, don't plan things uh, ahead. It's mm-hmm. it's really weird, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, so you would say that one of the elements of successful teams then is uh, proactive planning. Would you say that there is anything else that you have learned through um, these years uh, when it comes to marketing success? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, some of the, the other findings from that report, uh, we were really looking at just documenting marketing strategy. Um, There's a lot of research out there about documenting it or people say you should document, you should write it down. And we actually wanted to find out. So if you write it down, are you more successful? And there was a direct correlation there too. So um, successful marketers write down their strategy, um, you know, plan your work so you can work your plan sort of a thing. Um, We also found agile like hybrid agile processes. So marketers who embrace some sort of form of that, like maybe it's daily standups or uh, just planning a weekly sprint, stuff like that. Those marketers are are like 400 some percent more successful than their peers who don't use agile. And then um, the other key finding from that report too, was just that marketers who feel organized, who just have that emotional connection to um everything's organized, I can prove that this stuff is working or um, aligned to initiatives, those marketers are also more likely to report success. That's nearly 700% more successful than disorganized marketers. So just kind of crazy findings that we had from that report that were pretty fun. That's really mind blowing. And I didn't expect to to hear all these stats. But uh, I mean, it, it kind of paints a, a picture of um what you should be doing if you want to set yourself up for success now i would like to pose the question a bit differently and as as we uh, discussed uh, earlier the marketing strategy at co-schedule has been uh, traditionally um driven by by content um and my question is what are the biggest the biggest learnings that you've got uh, from running marketing operations at uh, at co-schedule 
specifically when it comes to content and content marketing? Great question. Um, there have been a lot of a lot of years to learn some of this stuff, but <laughs> um, the first probably pretty obvious thing that I thought of with this question is content marketing and search engine optimization just go extremely well together, hand in hand. Um, if you want to help people discover your brand, content marketing and understanding how people could discover you through Google is a really good way to do it. Um, uh, one other thing that we learned, you know, after we kind of got started was that content marketing was really helpful at the top of the funnel for inbound. Um, but we started doing it deeper in our funnel. Um, and we, we called it customer marketing where we were literally having customers write into us, um, through customer service. And they would just ask, like, how do I do X with this software? Um, okay, I, you know, I signed up as a free user. What do I do now? And it, that sounds kind of crazy to say it out loud, but we took those questions and dug a little bit deeper and uh, started creating guides uh, for them. So the, the obvious one was right away, just getting started with XYZ software. Um, and then it became a little bit more specific. Like I want to, uh, you know, get more, engagement on social media through this software. So we created a guide around that actually multiple, just different ways to achieve that sort of result. So um, content marketing can work really well at every stage of the funnel, I think. Um, and we kind of prioritize at both ends inbound and then some of that uh, adoption retention. Uh, so that's worked really well for us. Um, and then, you know, maybe just kind of like thinking about top of the funnel, um, one of the biggest things that we've learned is like uh, the best way to stand out for the competition is just to provide more value. I know that that's nothing new, um, but 2000 words might be enough, might not be enough uh, to cover comp a topic comprehensively. Um, so we've been doing a lot of testing lately and finding out some different approaches um, so that we don't get behind on behind the ball on search engine, uh, you know, algorithm changes and, and those things. Uh, we did have some issues with that. So uh, in 2022, we kind of took a step back and weren't afraid to say, hey, maybe we messed up and maybe we should try some new approaches. And so, um, you know, one of the biggest lessons learned is just keep your eye on on those uh, announcements from Google and uh, make sure you're paying attention and optimizing your site and content accordingly. Regarding your first point on like focusing on the customer and creating content based on the customer needs, uh, pains, everything that the customer is experiencing, experiencing as part of, um, you know, using your, your product. I think that this is a critical point and we try to communicate it uh, nowadays to all of our clients. I mean, everyone can go to a, an SEO software like Ahrefs, for example, and find keywords. That's great. And this can be important. Like it serves a certain purpose, I guess uh, you have an objective, but not everyone can do customer uh, surveys, uh, interviews, analyze their customer support tickets, or even analyze their customer uh, reviews on uh, review sites like G2 and Captera for uh, for SaaS companies. I mean, companies can do these things, but I would say that they choose not to do them. I don't know what are your thoughts on that. Oh, you said it so well. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of 
even this conversation so far and probably where it will go is uh, the way to win is to do what others won't. And you're exactly right. Like we, we, we listen uh, and we prioritize that work uh, just because, you know, it's one thing to land that customer or free user, um, but it's another thing to help them actually adopt. And that's so important if you want to continue to win is to, to retain those people. Um, and so I think it's really, you know, maybe sexy to, to try to find that keyword, uh, try to rank for it, feel really good when you rank for it. But what about um, after that? What happens after that? Like uh, for CoSchedule, for example, people were telling us, oh, your content was really good. It brought me in. Now I expect content to be a part of the experience with your product. That's basically what we read into that. And um, yeah, so we delivered, like we've got written stuff, we've got video format, audio format, however people want to learn. That's what we try to provide deeper in that funnel. But I think, that, yeah. I think that we often forget, sorry for interrupting you, I think that we often forget the fact that um, we have to sell to our existing clients, customers, users every day. I mean, the fact that they uh, converted in the first place and that they gave us their credit card details or they paid an invoice or whatever based on the business model doesn't mean that they will be there next month. So, and this is, this is one thing that I, I try to communicate to, to our team as well. Um, because either we like it or not, um, our clients, customers, users, they have influences and they look for information online. For example, if there is an algorithm update, they will definitely, they will search for it and they will look for answers. As I see it, it's better if these answers are given proactively by you, uh, rather than having them check a competitor website for answers. 100% with you on that. Um, yep. If you provide it, you can control that narrative a little bit, help them use your product for a use case that is a good fit. Um, you know, you don't want them to try to you know, fit a square peg in a round hole, or maybe that's the other way around. But um, you, you want them to use it for the best use cases for your product. And and by controlling that narrative a little bit, by providing that guidance, we help them be successful in a way that the tool is designed to help them be successful. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way. Uh, diving a bit deeper into uh, co-schedules, co strategy, I'd like to discuss the topic libraries you have on your website. Uh, they're even included in the top level menu, uh, meaning as I, I, I understand it, at least that they are pretty important to you. Can you speak about approaching topics through topic clusters compared to having them as posts on your, on your blog? Absolutely. Um, so at, at the beginning of 2022, uh, something that we did was literally just take it, let's take a step back. Let's look at our overarching approach for content marketing and SEO at CoSchedule. What's working, what isn't. And so during that research, um, you know, I, I read uh, a lot of different stuff, uh, but some of the things that I learned, like I, I have to give a shout out to Rank Ranger. Um, they published some great content that helped me like just spark some of these ideas. So these aren't or my original thoughts. <laughs> I don't want to steal the credit, but uh, some of the things that we did with, with those libraries was uh, we were just researching semantic search. And we found that um, answering exactly what the user is searching for is exactly what you should do. Uh, they want to predict what that person is going to ask next with semantic search. We, we probably all know this, but um, 
We research Google Knowledge Graph and topical layer stuff. So we know that Google understands topics exist in that hierarchical um, structure of topics and then subtopics. Um, and then we kind of learned also that keyword strategy um, is a little bit of an outdated approach. Uh, and that was a big one for us when we were just publishing a blog, one blog post at a time. You kind of think about this every single blog post when you think about it that way is just a random piece of content. Um, so you might be trying to do your best to rank for a keyword, but each keyword is treated in isolation and that doesn't really work anymore. At least it stopped working for us. Um, so, you know, how does that keyword fit into the greater topic? Uh, chances are, if you're treating it one keyword at a time, you don't have enough on a single topic to to rank for it. Um, and that got us into topical authority. So um, one of the things we learned from uh, Rank Ranger was like, pick a single topic, create as much content as you can around that, um, and just own that entire topic. So that topical authority, um, you know, a network of content was something that stood out like as a keyword, like, well, what does a network of content look like? Um, and we read things like it has to be well-structured. Um, just publishing a large volume isn't enough. And so that's really where we are like, what does all this actually mean? And how could we test something here at CoSchedule? So we thought about hierarchy. We thought about internal linking. Um, we knew a logical URL structure was important. Uh, folders and subfolders where you actually hosted that content on the back end. That's all the technical stuff that devs helped us do. <laughs> That's way over my head. Um, but we, we concentrate on it. Uh, we thought about internal linking. We thought about breadcrumbs. Um, I think I mentioned this, but that URL structure, how, do, how are things nested and we kind of came up with the idea that, um, you know, those topic libraries, maybe we could have a knowledge base is kind of how we think about it. It's a knowledge base of all of the content necessary to cover a single topic in its entirety. And that's where we, I think we have about four of those libraries at this point. I think that's a great, great breakdown and also a way to put it. Um, I think that topical authority is a topic that <clears throat> has started um, emerging, let's say, in the last couple of years or so, and it's becoming big because, as I, underst I understand it at least, it's kind of aligned with how Google thinks and perceives um, things and websites and web pages online. So it makes it makes sense. Now, one of these topic clusters, uh, the marketing strategy one, is is quite old. Um, but recently, I noticed you updated several aspects of it. For example, visuals, the structure on the page. Can you talk a bit about the changes you've applied to this topic cluster and what learnings you may have based on the changes um, and the impact that these changes may have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So. You're right. That's our oldest topic cluster, this marketing strategy one. And uh, we published it around 2018, I think. Um, and back then, a really big thing was creating guides. And guides, we thought about this thing as chapters like a book. Um, and I think it had, you know, kind of ranged from 12 to 14 chapters. Um, and in 2022, we took a fresh look at that, knowing what we learned about 
you know, topical authority. And we kind of ask ourselves literally like, hey, do people actually read content online in a linear chapter book format? Like who does that? <laughs> no, no one does that. That's the answer. Uh, and so when we were looking at that, we were like, mm, you know, let's just like, you know, open up incognito in Chrome, search for marketing strategy and what's all coming up there. Let's look at knowledge graph. Let's look at, um, you know, anything that it's showing for those uh, people also ask. Let's look in that sidebar. Let's look at the, you know, related searches, all of it. And one of the things that we found out was like, well, we just didn't have all of the information that we needed on the topic of marketing strategy for us to continue to rank for that term. And so that's why we went away from a guide. Uh, we restructured um, the sidebar of the whole thing. So every page had a nice interlinking structure just automatically built in. Uh, we added breadcrumbs into it, which didn't exist before. And then one of the main things that we did, in addition to just adding more pages onto that first level, um we added nested pages even underneath those so as an example uh, we added a page about marketing strategy examples which never existed in the guide and that's simply because in a chapter book format why would examples be a part of that um, we were always concentrated on how to but google wanted to reward that so we added that page and then when we were researching that we found those little pills at the top of google for um like McDonald's marketing strategy, uh, Airbnb marketing strategy, Amazon marketing strategy. And when you clicked on those, it just wanted to reward those. So we actually used Knowledge Graph to build out an entire level one and level two into that guide. And all of those pages, at least at the time, you know, things fluctuate, but um, many of them still rank and they ranked really well uh, when we first started. So we took that same approach and we're just applying it at scale now um, with other areas of, of even that hub. So marketing channels as a page there, for example, has nested pages underneath it uh, with some of those FAQs about marketing channels and those sub pages. Um, while they rank just fine on their own, they helped the main page rank higher. Um, so marketing channels, we were ranking on page two or something like that. We published three pages underneath that. And then marketing channels itself rose up in rankings, which was kind of fascinating to see. But what we're trying to do there is just cover everything around marketing strategy and going down every rabbit hole around what might people want to learn about with this and how can we provide the best actionable information in a comprehensive way, uh, regardless of how many pages this would be or how many URLs. Well, uh, that's really fascinating. I really, really, really like it. I like your approach, how you broke down everything. I, I love it. Uh, this is exactly the kind of content I want to, to have at Sassesio. So thank you for, for, for this breakdown. Uh, now, another uh, topic cluster that you have is the marketing ideas one, which is kind of newish, let's say. Uh, can you please explain what this topic cluster is all about and whether you have any learnings from it, uh, like you, you shared with us for the marketing strategy one? Yeah, this, this was a fun one. So again, at the beginning of 2022, uh, we were really just taking that step back, looking at everything with a fresh set of eyes. And I kind of picked on one of our blog posts that wasn't working anymore. Um, and I was asking, why doesn't this work? And we had a blog post about marketing ideas. Um, this thing was massive. We had H2s for 
all the different types of marketing ideas, right? Like, so we had an H2 for blog post ideas. We had an H2 for content marketing ideas, social media marketing ideas, email marketing ideas, and more. Um, that piece, one of our standards of performance is that we want to be comprehensive. So that piece ended up being more than 10,000 words. Um, that's one fifth of a novel on a web page. And so we literally asked ourselves like, well, okay, this isn't ranking. Let's just admit that, right? So something about the content can't be right. Um, and we just put ourselves in the user experience, in the shoes of the user. So if you search for email marketing ideas, would you actually expect to open a blog post, scroll 5,000 words down the page to find your H2, and then read those ideas that are in a list that like starting at, you know, maybe number 50. I mean, it's just not a good experience. And Google knows that. And so they were rewarding uh, content. When you search for email marketing ideas, there are blog posts and pieces of content specifically about email marketing ideas, which makes perfect sense, right? They're giving the user exactly what they want. So that kind of ended up being just like an aha moment for us around topical authority again, to be like, why, why don't we just take this one blog post and break it into like eight different pieces? But then how, how does the interlinking structure work? How, how you know, what do we want to do there? And so it ended up being a complete test. Uh, we're like, there's nothing to lose because this content doesn't rank. Therefore, people can't find it. So why not just try to do a hub concept with this? And what we thought we could do was published the largest repository of marketing ideas on the entire internet. And that's exactly what we've done. Every single page within that is um, targeting a specific keyword around marketing ideas. And nearly all of them right now rank on page one. Um, so that's what a huge win for us is just having that dedicated area for a specific topic like that. Um, and having subpages for each thing nested underneath it. So uh, the pages there, just for the curious, like we've got uh, marketing activity ideas. So everything to do with email marketing ideas, social media marketing ideas, that sort of thing. But then we have like business ones. Uh, there are keywords around like real estate marketing ideas, small business marketing ideas. Uh, and then we got like holiday ones, 4th of July marketing ideas, stuff like that. Um, so we're leaving no stone unturned. We will have something for everything that we could possibly think of. There'll be a single page there for it. And uh, it's it's been working out for us pretty well thus far. That's all very fascinating. I knew like from what you know, I, I have seen on Ahrefs, of course, I knew that uh, like many pages from this topic cluster perform, but I didn't know the backstory that uh, this was a blog post and so many learnings from this. Uh, amazing. And I guess great execution on your end. Uh, well done. Uh, because this, this brings a lot of traffic eyeballs that SQL schedule for the first time and, um, maybe start their journey with, with co-schedule. That's great. That's really great. Uh, another thing that I'd like to discuss, and this is something that always, um, was a question of mine regarding your content and how you do content. Uh, which is the fact that you often go after a keyword, uh, for example, website copywriting, uh, which is a guest post that was written by myself uh, through a template. Uh, and I'd like to know how this strategy helps you get more organic traffic and generate leads through the, the gated templates. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a great piece, by the way. <laughs> so congrats. Um, when we think about templates and keywords in terms of search intent, and so with a blog post like website copywriting template, if you're looking for that, we're kind of banking on, well, they're probably looking for a download of some kind if you're looking for a template, especially like a writing template. Um, so we kind of just put ourselves again in that the shoes of the user and ask ourselves like, okay, if you're looking for that, what do you want? Um, so probably something editable. Um, you know, you're probably okay with downloading something if it's going to be editable. Um, and so that's kind of what we bank on with those is like, if someone's searching for it, they're going to be willing to exchange an email address um, to receive that template. And so that's how we build our email list. Uh, it's worked extremely well. Um, we were some of the first to use content upgrades that way. Um, so that was kind of fun to be on the pioneering side of that. Uh, but we we have a, an email list of, of active email addresses right now of like 1.2 million. And it's all done through those content upgrades. There's no other way to really subscribe to co-schedule content except through that. So we turn every single blog post into a lead form is kind of how we do it. And then depending on what you're viewing that we turn that into a nurture path. So let's pretend instead of a website copywriting template that you went and downloaded marketing calendar template. Well, you know, like we talked about the beginning of this conversation, there's a, a product that we have for marketing calendar stuff. So we'll put you on a specific drip journey uh, to, to let you know, like, hey, we gave you that spreadsheet, but, you know, spreadsheets kind of suck. Uh, you can use this free software uh, instead, and it can help you do this better because it's designed to do that job. Um, so we that's how we kind of tailor those different experiences. So every single piece is a, is a lead form. And depending on the topic of that piece or what it covers, uh, there are different drip nurture paths to try to get people into the right product lines. That's great. I like, uh, I really like the approach here. Um, and uh, speaking of guest posts, since this was uh, the example that I brought up was from a guest post that I contributed to, to the blog. Um, I remember that you used to accept guest posts uh, on uh, for co-schedules uh, blog. Of course, the quality standards were very high, and I know that because I once contributed a guest post on on co-schedules blog. But I would like to know what your thoughts are now um, regarding guest posts, considering that Google is becoming better at determining a writer's actual subject matter expertise on any given topic. Um, so, do you think that? Uh, guess what should be uh, a part of a company's, let's say, content strategy? Um, and if if no, why? And if yes, what should that company, um, let's say, be aware of? Yeah, it, that is such a good question. Right now, I'm on the fence about um, guest, guest blog posts or guest content. Um, and, and here's why, uh, you know, someone like you, you can deliver on those high standards, but some people find it really difficult to do that. And so we've, we've tried to just accept guest posts when we hear like, Hey, here's a really nice pitch. Uh, this person's writing samples look good. And then we'll get something back. And it's just like, mm, that's just, we wouldn't publish something like that. Um, you know, maybe it's not their fault, but it's not us. 
Um, and we were starting to get that a lot at the beginning of 2022. Uh, so then what we decided to do was like, well, you know what? Uh, if someone writes in that they want to write for us, I'm just going to counter and say, actually, we have a roadmap of content we want to write. And based on your background, it looks like you should write uh, flyer marketing ideas for us. And we're going to put it on this hub. And that's where it's going to go because that's our strategy. We're not just going to accept a random topic. You know, like we talked about, like the random keyword to put it on the blog, it's probably not going to do anything. Um, and we're actually seeing those results that what we would do ourselves was ranking and what we accepted from guests wasn't for a little bit. Um, so we're like, well, that approach isn't working. So let's change the approach. So anyway, when we write an outline for them, um, then we can get stuff that ranks. Um, so I don't know what we're doing with our outlines, uh, other than, you know, maybe just trying to, um, be the best piece on the internet on that topic. That's all you can be, uh, lend personal expertise into it. That stuff ranks. So that's why I'm on the fence is like, will we help a lot? Um, we help a lot now because, you know, both parties want to rank, like it's in the best interest of both of us. If you're going to write a guest post, like, Hey, we want to, we want it to rank, but we know how to do it. Um, and we know what works for us or what has worked for us. Not that, that we're not willing to try something different, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that want to write for you that just aren't good and sifting through that clutter is very time consuming and, and tedious. And I haven't found a really good way to, to do it quite yet. I don't know. What's your experience with that? Uh, I don't know. In general, when we get the question about guest posts from, from our clients or partners or whoever, I'm skeptical uh, because the truth is the reality of guest posts is that the person who is writing the guest post, most likely what they're interested in is uh, a, a link back to their website and maybe links uh, back to their partner websites, um, which is not in the best interest of the, the, the publication or, or the, you know, the website owner or whatever. Um, so I'm a bit skeptical. Uh, I think that it's hard to find a, a person, a contributor who's willing to actually, you know, put in the, the hard work and, uh, follow the editorial guidelines of the company. Um, uh, and at the same time, like leave their, uh, their own reasons aside of why I'm writing this guest post, uh, guest post and why I'm contributing it, uh, just to benefit the, the company. It, you know, human beings, we are not so like, <laughs> let's say, uh, we, 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 we do things, I, I think, in many cases for our own interests. So I don't think that uh, many people would contribute just to add value. I don't believe that. Um, so I'm a bit skeptical. And I think that in general, I advise against guest posts. Unless if there is a system, unless there is a system like the one that you described, where you can map, let's say, um, the contributors, um, expertise to specific topics that are in your pipeline unless there is a way to um, ensure quality um, I would say you know guest posts because of the reasons that I explained I don't know how you see it but I'm with you it that's well said um, you know you use the word skeptical I said on the fence man 
it's it's difficult because you want what you publish on your site to follow your strategy and if someone doesn't know that strategy um and doing it for you know for lack of a better word but selfish reasons to get that backlink and to get that credibility um are you going to get the quality that you need to get the results that you want and that's what's been that's what's been pretty hard yeah with guests lately yeah yeah that's exactly right um as we are running out of time i have a couple more questions before we go really short ones uh, as I was doing uh, the research for this episode, I found out that you're doing ultra marathons, uh, which is a kind of a new passion of mine. Uh, my question is, how does that running ultra marathons, or even marathons for that matter, uh, how does that help you become a better leader uh, for your marketing team and uh, perform better? Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, I think the first thing I think about there is challenge. Um, I like the mental challenge at work. I like the physical challenge of running. Um, it it kind of flexes both. Like running is also mental, but it's it's just a very different thing than work. So I get really refreshed, um, you know, personally from it. Um, as far as like uh, the team, I think discipline it has been a really big thing. You know choose what you do wisely, prioritize your projects, prioritize your time, um, achieve what you set out to accomplish, especially when it's not easy. Um, I always think about running and when it really hurts, <laughs> it's failure only makes you want it more. Uh, when you're testing things in marketing, you know, this SEO and content stuff we're talking about, it's fun to talk about wins, but we had so many failures that I didn't bring up here, but failure should only make you want it more. Um, just try something different, try something new. Um, and then also, um, for the team, I really think about the word trust with them. Um, you know, I think it was Steve Jobs who said something like hire smart people, train them, um, and get out of the way, like let them do their stuff, let them be awesome. And I know when I'm away doing a, doing a run or, you know, whatever it is training for the next thing, I know that they're doing their best. Um, they're, they're there not to let themselves down They're They're there not to let me down. Um, and they're not going to do that. So they really get ownership of the work. They get ownership of their results. I do not micromanage. I, I let them do their thing. And, you know, I, I kind of get, I use running as that time to think through those things. Um, so I'm, I'm crazy and I don't, uh, actually listen to have, have I don't have headphones on when I run. Um, so no music, no podcast, nothing to distract me. And so I get some of my ideas and thinking through how to solve challenges with them, how to, you know, this is whatever X problem, this is X opportunity. And I just think about it on a whole run. And a lot of times good ideas come out of that. Actually, a lot of these topic hubs we were talking about that came out of running. So, uh, that's fun stuff, but, um, yeah, I think really those would be the things that kind of come to mind, <laughs> come to mind. It's a, it's a crazy passion, but I, I know you're about to run your first marathon. So, uh, I'm very excited for you. I hope that it's, it goes really well. Yeah, I hope it goes well. Uh, it's going to be my first one. I'm excited about it, but a bit scared as well. Uh, I must admit, um, but it's, it's my first one. Let's see how it goes, but thank you for, for sharing, you know, everything about your experience with, with running. Um, 
So my last question would be, is there anything that uh, exciting that we can expect from, from you and the team at uh, uh, CoSchedule in the near future? Yeah, you know, as far as SEO stuff, um, something that is is working well, but I, I didn't really bring up today too much is original research. Um, so we have that marketing strategy report. I guess I did bring that up, but um, we we decided to publish some um, proprietary research around best times to post on social media too. Um, when you can publish your own research, it's just backlink goldmine, um, and it I think doing something like that is much better than you know other tactics that you could try to get a backlink is to publish something that is backlink worthy. And so I think there's going to be some more original research from us coming up soon um, because we like doing it. It's it's really helpful uh, for, you know, understanding the market too, um, uh, getting proof case points also for our product lines. So original research is something that's probably going to come. I don't even know what it would look like quite yet, but um, we're going to probably try to get ahead on what does marketing strategy for 2023 look like? Uh, so start preparing the questions and stuff like that. So that should come soonish, um, you know, beginning of next year. Um, one other thing too from from the marketing side is like we we like these knowledge bases i i think that they're really working for us um i think it's going to take over what blogging used to be for content marketing and seo um i think there's a lot of data that's kind of showing that direction so uh, we're kind of heading that direction already we've got a marketing hub content marketing hub dic marketing dictionary that we didn't talk through today um so we're really going to continue to add to those and just be be the authority on on what we want to be known for um and then from our products right now as far as software goes uh we're working a lot on usability performance stability and success so that's kind of our mantra is those four words and uh we're just aiming to publish or create the best sort of experience inside the application whether that's with training uh customer marketing like we were talking about or uh i'm you know i wish i didn't have to click two buttons to do x uh i wish i could see x here and so we're really listening to the way that users are are asking for that feedback or providing that feedback to us and responding to them um so that's really what we see for that um but yeah that's what's coming from us that's that's really exciting and i really like the original research uh part because i do see value in uh, original content um in general um regardless if it's a, a data study uh storytelling uh, contrarian content you know whatever i see value in it as well and we we try to push towards that direction to our clients and um yeah, uh, yeah anyway. it's good to know that it's like not just us that see that success that's that's great definitely not the the, pr the only problem with this this piece of content is the fact that uh in in most cases what happens is that we push towards that direction let's do more of that let's do let's do more original content but you know when the when the client comes back to us with the argument of, you know what, I just have to um, get these numbers by the end of the quarter. Uh, let's do this type of content now, and then we can discuss about doing more interesting things together. I mean, how can you how can you beat that argument? You um, you have to get that, especially when it comes to content, because not all companies are so content 
focus, let's say, as co-schedule, you have to get that internal buy-in and have this, let's say, um, uh, political capital uh, in order to be able to um, do more of these interesting things uh, and, you know, launch more interesting initiatives. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced that, but this is something that we've, uh, that we experience uh, in general. Yeah, that's, that's so true. In original research, like uh, that URL, coschedule.com slash marketing strategy, that doesn't really rank. It's not really there for that. And trying to communicate its importance, but knowing it's not going to bring in millions of traffic, you know, overnight, I could see that being very difficult. Um, but I, I mean, the value of it is astronomical, I think. Um, the way that we've been using it for product positioning, uh, w the way that we use it to prove points within the content that we're creating um, to align with the use case of hiring our software, it, it's been very good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I see your challenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that was all very, very insightful. One of my you know favorite episodes i will not i will not say the uh most favorite one um because i want to be respectful respectful to other uh guests but it was really 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 good the content was was amazing um nathan thank you very much uh last question i have for you where can people um find out more about you and get in touch if they'd like yeah definitely uh check out coschedule.com. You can see all the, the fun stuff that we're up to uh, from the marketing side there. And then um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, just search for Nathan Ellering there and uh, you'll see that little C logo uh, for CoSchedule and, and that's me. So go check it out. We will drop it in the show notes. Nathan, once again, thank you very much uh, for being on the show. Really, really enjoyed this uh, conversation. Yeah, likewise. This is really fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.